we are continuing in our series verse by verse through the book of Colossians. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians 1 verse 9, and we'll pick up there in a moment. Uh, Paul is still in the opening verses of his letter. He's done the typical greeting. Uh, He's then expressed gratitude for the Colossians. And in that gratitude, he's highlighted uh, just uh, the grace of God to them and all of the fruit that they're bearing uh, because they truly understand God's grace. Uh, It's about God's grace from start to finish. Um, And as we'll read this morning, God has qualified us uh, through Jesus to share in the inheritance uh, of his, his holy people. And so it's, it's with that greeting, it's in that context uh, of grace uh, that uh, in, in, on this landscape of grace that Paul is now going to uh, talk about fullness in Christ. Saying you entered through grace, you're, you're walking on this landscape of grace with Jesus uh, and, and within uh, that landscape, uh, uh, we're not only expressing gratitude for the grace and the gratitude for what's already taken root in your lives, uh, but it doesn't stop there. We're actually praying for something more. We're actually praying uh, for the fullness of Christ uh, in you. Uh, these, are, these are the hopes that he has for them. This is Colossians 1, verse 9. He says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you might live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Let's pray. Jesus, we uh, come to you this morning, uh, the unchanging God, uh, your your thoughts toward us, your love toward us, uh, what you've done for us hasn't changed, Lord, and yet uh, our our knowledge of it, our experience of it, our, our embodying of it, Uh, does change uh, day to day. And and so it's in that spirit that we come to you and we pray, Lord, would you do something new uh, in our hearts this morning? Uh, We only have uh, so many times to gather, really. Only once in a week, but only so many times in our lifetime. Life is just short, God. And what you want to do this morning is different than what you wanted to do uh, yesterday or last Sunday or what you want to do tomorrow. Uh, And so we pray that you would just speak clearly to each one, uh, that we would uh, kind of have this mentality of this morning of saying, I want to take hold of the life for which you've taken hold of me, Jesus. You you called us, you chose us, you woke us up. Now now that we're awake, we want to take hold of the life, the the things for which you've taken hold of us. Uh, Would you do that in our hearts this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul makes it clear that the life of discipleship is all about grace from start to finish. We we enter the kingdom through the door of grace, and now we walk with Jesus through a landscape of grace, moment by moment, day by day. Uh, But the question becomes, uh, where are we walking? 
the, the obvious answer to that question is the age to come. Uh, it is resurrection. It is fullness for us and, and fullness of God uh, for us. It, it's fullness in every sense in the kingdom of heaven in the age to come after our resurrection. But that still leaves the question of where are we headed in this life? Uh, you've given your life to Jesus. Now what? Uh, what are we chasing after in the here and now? And the answer to that question the end goal for every redeemed human uh, is to become like Jesus. Uh, it is to be shaped into his image, into his likeness, into uh, the fullness of Christ uh, dwelling in us with all of the joy and wholeness and freedom uh, that accompany it. Uh, that's what we would call uh, Christian maturity. It's this fullness of life, this fullness of Jesus in us. Uh, and that's what Paul is pleading and praying for the Colossians, that they would uh, mature, grow, expand uh, into the fullness of what God has for them. Uh, and then he lists these marks of maturity or of fullness. Uh, he says, part of a tasting fullness in Christ uh, includes these four things. Uh, one, it's that the Spirit is filling you. Uh, with the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of God and God's will. Uh, his second mark is that you aim to live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit. Notice that's in response to grace. That's not earning anything, but it's our response to Him. Number three is that you're strengthened with God's power, not your own self-sufficiency, which gives you a great endurance and patience. Uh, patience can also be translated long-suffering. He gives that to us. He works that in us. And four, uh, you give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you for his eternal family. This isn't everything. He has more to say in the letter about fullness in Christ. But these are four, I think, significant markers uh, of what we're to be growing into as followers of Jesus. Uh, and notice that all of this happens uh, in response to God's grace and in the context of God's grace. And it's actually his work, uh, Paul says. That's why he's talking to God about it far more than he's talking to the Colossians. He's saying, no, no, this is, this is God's work that he wants to do in you, but it's our job to surrender to this work. Uh, it's our job to cooperate. It's our job to want it. And, Paul says, to pray for it. Uh, in fact, in the first verse we read this morning, he said this, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to do those four things and more by his grace. Uh, and so that's what we're going to do this morning. Uh, we are going to create some time and space uh, to pray into these things as a community. We're going to uh, pray for fullness and maturity in one another's lives by the grace of God. Uh, but before we just jump in right now and say, hey, let's just start praying into these things, I wanna do something a little different this morning. I'm going to invite up um, four different people to share uh, devotional thoughts on these four topics. And as they share and as we listen, uh, I want us to be listening through this lens. If I can only choose one thing to pray for this morning, what's the thing that God's stirring in my heart? 
what's the thing off this list that I sense God wants to do uh, work in me this morning or in this season? God, how do you want me uh, to grow? How do you want me to expand and mature into Christ's likeness? Uh, granted, everyone in this room has space to grow in all four of those things. But as we're listening, my guess is that one of the four uh, is going to jump out as, as a mark. Oh man, I think that's what God uh, is calling me to, challenging me with this morning. Uh, so we'll go ahead and jump in, working our way uh, through those markers. So uh, Leah, if you would like to uh, come up and get us started, uh, we're sort of uh, posing this question, uh, what does it mean for the Spirit to fill you with the knowledge and wisdom and understanding of God and God's will? So I'll reread what I'm going to talk about. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Um, when Matt for, uh, asked me uh, to speak on this, I laughed in his face. <laughs> and uh, upon reflection, I said, why, why did I laugh? And it's because, like, who am I to speak on this? Like, I'm a nobody. And that's what's so beautiful about this is that Christ wants to speak to the nobodies, the unseen, the insignificant, and that's because we're his children. Um, so I guess I just want to share about the past six months, how this verse has come to fruition in my life, and um, go from there. So the first thing that jumps out is, is wisdom and asking for it. Uh, James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you. So God promises to continually pour out his wisdom if we ask for it. Um, but with that, we have to prepare our hearts to receive it. And um, a lot of times we don't. <laughs> so we have to have hearts that are ready to listen and hear. Um, how do we do this, though? For me, it's putting away distractions. Uh, my phone and my kid are the two biggest distractions, um, but also internal distractions. Um, my thoughts, my to-do list for the day, and the voice of the enemy. So as I sit down and wait on the Lord, I um, have to pray against those things. So in the past six months, what have I learned as I simply wait on the Lord? Um, he speaks however he wants to. Um, putting names in my head, memories, um, questions, songs, verses, new visions, dreams. But he is going to speak to you individually and uniquely according to your heart. Um, for me, that looks like a lot of images of nature and creation because um, he knit that into my heart as he crafted me. Um, I've learned that his voice is tender and sweet. And even if he's convicting us, um, he does it in, a, in an encouraging way. Um, and on the opposite side of that, if you experience fear, guilt, or shame, that is not the Lord speaking. Um, and you have to pray against, against the voice of the enemy in those situations. I've learned that the more time you spend practicing the presence of Jesus, uh, the easier it becomes to recognize his voice. And there will be doubts that creep in. Did he really say that, Leah? Sound familiar? <laughs> Genesis 3. So what's a good place to start? Um, Come before the Lord and wait on him. Sit down and ask, 
what do you want me to know today, Lord? Um, have a journal and just jot things down, even if they seem in insignificant, um, because if he wants you to know it, he will confirm it. Um, God is not a trickster. He wants to speak directly and plainly to his children. Um, and as Dallas Willard says, God is not impassive toward us. He calls us into a life of personal interchange with him that does justice to us being his children. So God is always speaking, but are we willing to listen? Awesome. Wow, thanks, Leah. Uh, so that was a snapshot, and maybe in between, we'll just keep throwing up that slide of four just so we can be familiar with those. Uh, that was just a snapshot of the first one. What does it look like for the Spirit to be filling you with knowledge, wisdom, understanding of God, but also His will, His desire for you, for your life? Uh, next, I'll invite up Bo, uh, and Bo is going to share a quick thought on number two, uh, which is, you know, what does it mean to live a life worthy of the call you've received, to bear fruit in different situations? Uh, how do you personally live with that mentality of just wanting to please the Lord? Good to be with you. I was so struck uh, in worship uh, with the goodness of God as it relates to my own heart and transformation and saying, Lord, you're one who saves <laughs> and you've done it in me and you're doing it here. Uh, you're the transformer. You're the grace giver. You're my life and love and, and savior. Uh, and I love him and what he's done in my own life. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to God, bearing fruit, knowing God more and more. <clears throat> in my own life, he's taken me from a place of striving to abiding in this truth of saying, okay, my grace is, is sufficient for you. I have paid the entire price. Uh, the blood of Jesus purchases you, and you're now right in my sight. Uh, here's the fruit which your life will now produce. Uh, you will be pleasing to me. You will bear fruit. Uh, you will know me more and more. You'll live a life that's worthy of what I've invited you into. Uh, this is no longer an impossible weight on my shoulders. It's a lived daily reality saying, Lord, it's finished and you're more beautiful than I would have imagined. Thank you. One small truth that I'd like to share from my own journey as it's been lived and encouragement to you as you continue to traverse this gift of a life that we've been given day by day. It's from Galatians chapter 5. Uh, one small sentence with massive implications. 5 verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So in the morning now, I wake up. And what used to be a mind filled with worry 
or desires or hurry may still be filled with those things. But I've seen his faithfulness enough to know that as I die this morning, as I put aside my own striving and step into the truth of who I know him to be, mm, Lord, would you have your way? Holy Spirit, would you guide this life? And he does. And he does. <laughs> Graciously, lovingly, uh, new day by day, saying, ah, come, let's, let's go on this adventure, <laughs> Brian, of walking in a manner that's worthy of me. Let me show you what that looks like today. Uh, you're a much better adventure leader, Lord, than I envisioned you to be. So I encourage you, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Uh, <laughs> mm, thank you, Lord. Wonderful. Thanks, Bo. Uh, we can clap after each one, I suppose. Yeah. Sorry, Leah, you didn't get a separate clap. There it is. There it is. Okay. Thank you. Uh, next, I'll invite up Hannah uh, to talk about this third point. What does it look like to be strengthened with God's power instead of our own, giving us great endurance and patience? in the midst of lives that are honestly hard and have a lot of struggle in them. So, Hannah. I wrote mine down, so I'm just, I'm just gonna read it. <laughs> okay. So, in the context of his grace, it is us receiving what we don't deserve and honestly, what doesn't even have to make sense. He gives his power regardless of how powerless we feel or how, how impossible the situation. We serve a God who is more powerful than all of human strength combined, and who has done, can do, and will continue to do the impossible. He's already raised the dead, made a virgin have a baby, made animals talk, turns water to both blood and wine on different occasions, and made all of creation from nothing. This is the power we have access to, and this is the one thing that we can always rely on for strength. What is he giving us strength for? To live life his way, in the big, crazy things and in the little ways that are easy to brush off. Like Matt has talked about, not to earn our way to heaven or to even gain favor with him, but to experience joy and intimacy on this side of heaven. We were created on purpose for a purpose, to love God and to love others in very real and tangible ways. We are God's workmanship, which means we have work to do. But if you do it from your strength, you are going to burn out fast. You will find it an impossible task. And that's kind of the point. Living life God's way should be impossible if we leave God out of the equation. Using our own strength and finding some success gives us the glory. But using God's strength and enduring through everything that comes our way, that gives him the glory. And with every situation, it builds our confidence in his ability to provide and helps us continually turn to him for answers, even when things don't seem to be turning out how we hoped. In my own life, I've seen it through in big and little ways. Patience and waiting for a husband and keeping myself pure until I met Richard and we got married when I was 24. 
feeling God so powerfully and tangibly when we miscarried before having Jack, when all I felt otherwise was numbness, emptiness, and a whole lot of sadness. I'd been hearing time and time again in the months leading up to that, God, you are good, when there wasn't a specific reason for it. God, you are good. When we were surprised to find out we were pregnant, God, you are good. When we were told there's no heartbeat, it only confirmed, yep, God, you are still good. And even now in the waiting, as we would love to have another baby in our arms, God is still so good. Often these days, it's in the patience of the mundane, knowing that I'm making a difference as I am at home with Jack all day, every day. It's in continually proclaiming hope and being a light on social media and trusting that God is going to bring the women I'm supposed to build my business with and provide for our family. So much of life is made up in the little decisions and that's where endurance can be the hardest because there are a whole lot of things that make up each day. But I am reminded over and over that we, are, we aren't given a spirit of fear or lack, but of power, love, and self-control. And this week specifically, even since I wrote this, when Jack suddenly forgot what it's like to sleep, I really felt like God gave me <laughs> patience and joy more than I'd ever had. It was such a good week when it was really a hard week, but that was only attributed to God. And I was reminded finally earlier this week that when you plant a seed, you aren't going to eat the fruit on the same day. You have to water it and have patience. Water it even when nothing seems to be happening, trusting that the roots are growing deep and that the fruit will come if you don't give up. Our culture says don't wait. Actually, they say don't even plant the seed, just get a quick fix and buy the fruit at the store. But we pray, we water, we wait, we act in obedience, we step out in faith, and we daily go to the well that never runs dry. Wonderful. Thanks, Hannah. Uh, well, last but not least, I'll invite up Carrie Olson. Uh, Carrie, why don't you bring us home with joyful thanksgiving? What does it look like to cultivate uh, a joyful heart before the Father, a worshiping heart, uh, based on the reality of, of who he is and, and how he feels about us? Amen. Uh, my first words are that joyful thanksgiving must start with thanksgiving. Um, early last week, when Matt reached out to me, I had a similar reaction to Leah. Um, he asked me, what does it look like to give joyful thanks before the Lord, and how do I do that in my own life? Um, I immediately began to question myself, and in turn was questioning God. Why me? Surely someone else can speak more eloquently or have a more profound message for the church. Someone that knows more Bible verses than I do, someone older, someone married, someone else. Um, I quickly, <laughs> as my mind just began to trickle down that path of, of questioning, I quickly began to become more and more aware that I was questioning God's ability to speak through me. My next step was thanking him for this opportunity to glorify him, sharing with him that I did not think I was the right person, but thanking him for that uncomfortable pit in my stomach. <laughs> and then I laughed. I laughed because I was doing the exact thing that Matt had asked me to speak about. Philippians 4, 10 through 13 says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, 
Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul was content. He was thankful. He was willing. He was open in every circumstance he faced. What is your secret of contentment? Mine is a heart posture of thanksgiving. It's thanking him for the pain in my back today. It's thanking him that my workplace is spiritually heavy. It's thanking him that I don't have the husband and family I've dreamed of. It's thanking him for the hard things, the things that I cannot bear. Ooh, sorry, I can keep reading. Um, <laughs> it's crying out to him in this way, saying thank you that this is hard, thank you that this is embarrassing. Um, it's, it's laying myself down and letting him lift me back up. Hmm. It's experiencing the inexplainable joy that comes with this Thanksgiving. One more verse in Philippians says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. <clears throat> the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and he will give you the peace that transcends all understanding. And your, he will keep your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. As someone who used to struggle with really severe anxiety and panic attacks that the Lord has truly freed me from, so praise God for that, um, this verse became a steady part of my life many years ago. <sighs> Throughout the panic attacks, tears on the way to work, sleepless nights, I slowly began to thank God for all of those hard things. My prayers for many years consisted simply of thank you, plus whatever painful thing I was experiencing. Sometimes it was and still is just a quiet thank you for the tears or thank you that this is hard. You guys, it's incredibly powerful to thank our God, even when we feel like it's not joyful. It has to start with Thanksgiving for us to experience the joy. Immediately upon these words leaving my lips when I'm hurting, when I'm crying, when I'm just at rock bottom, I immediately, I get overwhelmed with that, that peace that transcends all understanding. I couldn't give that to myself. I couldn't think about it enough or talk to someone about it enough or conjure it up on my own. My heart softens, my attitude shifts. I suddenly am able to see out of myself and my circumstances. I'm content and I'm joyful in a way that I could never conjure up on my own. So I encourage you guys today to thank him for your fears for your deepest sorrows, your pain, for how you stubbed your toe when it hurt, for the child that wouldn't stop crying or wouldn't go to sleep, for the death of a loved one, thank him. This is how I worship, and this is my secret to contentment. Wow, uh, thanks everybody. That was way better than what I would have shared this morning. Um, so hey, uh, in a moment, we're going to respond in prayer uh, as a community, but as we do, I just wanna throw out a fifth option here uh, for the list, and this is just uh, the option of, of just praying, hey God, I just wanna grow uh, in my understanding of your grace. Uh, we've, it's been kind of a theme since two, three weeks ago when we started through the book of Colossians, and it relates very much to a lot of what was shared. Uh, it's kind of the foundation for experiencing a lot of other 
uh, fullness in Christ. Uh, and so I just want to throw that out there as another option for, for prayer as well. But here's what I'd like us to do this morning. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to circle up chairs. You can kind of mess up the room. We're going to get in small groups. Uh, and we'll get into groups of three to four. And I'm going to ask that we do, just to mix it up and kind of break up some of the families and couples, we'll do girls with girls and guys with guys, uh, three to four to a group. Uh, if you are like me uh, during my like first 10 years of following Jesus and you're absolutely terrified to pray out loud, you're just like, no, I will have a panic attack. Like, you're okay. It's okay. You, just, you get a free pass. You don't have to pray out loud. I probably took like 10 years of free passes before I was like, oh my gosh, I do, I do have to say, I can say words out loud. So, uh, so yeah, we just want this to be a, a safe, loving environment. But as we circle up, in its simplest format, we'll circle up in a group. Uh, one person can go first, you know, hey, my name's Donald. Uh, what really stood out to me is just this attitude of like joyful thanks for the Father. I really just want to be released into greater, you know, joy. Uh, with Jesus this season. We say, okay, awesome. Nice to meet you, Donald. And then we just pray for that, for that thing. Just, it can just be as simple as saying, God, we just pray you would just release Donald into a fresh season of joy with the Father. And pray over him, and then you can move on to the next person. Hey, what's your name? Oh, hi, nice to meet you. This is, this is the thing that's really on my heart this morning. I was really moved, you know, by what Leah shared. I really want to grow in just intimacy with God, just hearing his voice in terms of guidance and wisdom. And, and then you pray over that thing. Uh, as, as we're praying for one another, if you have a thought, a word, an image, an encouragement come to mind, this is an awesome opportunity and really safe environment for us to grow and just sharing those things. So don't hesitate to encourage one another with anything that the Lord uh, would lay on your heart. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, we'll go ahead and start right now. Go ahead and uh, mess up the room, get into groups of three or four, uh, take some time to pray for one another, and as the groups are finishing up, we'll come back and worship together.